the last two weeks where Rick was teaching, and I'm picking it up again. I think you would love that. I think it would give you some great instruction. So let's do this here. Let's look at the sixth chapter of the book of Ephesians, and then what we're going to do is we're going to just look at one particular verse here, okay? Now, this verse is actually verse 4, but I want to go all the way up to verse 1. Here's what it says. It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for it is right. For this is right. He says, honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. And he said, that it may be well with you, and that you may live long on the earth. Now, how do we know that living long on the earth had a lot to do with uh, obeying mom and dad? And then he moves on in verse 4. Here's where we are today. He says, and fathers, do not Provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and the instructions of the Lord. Now, I'm pretty sure all of us in this room can sit down and have a healthy debate about our, our parents. You know what I'm saying? Now, I'm the youngest of 10, and I can give you a long list of things. Because, see, we grew up as kids having this idea of how we want to be raised. You know what I'm saying? And the parents grew up having this idea how they want to raise us. <laughs> and that's not always jive in the same way, you know what I'm saying? And so there's a lot of things that go on. And, and, and what is happening here is that Paul is trying to say something to us as fathers. But he's also trying to say something to us as children. And even children to come. About this word called instruction and this word called discipline. But look here. He's coming to the Father again. I told you he gave woman this little check card, this little index card. But when he starts talking about the Father's responsibility, man, this thing just grows. And we're not here to be dads. That's not the point. Say, but do y'all know that you are a product of your parents whether you like it or not? <laughs> So I didn't hear, hear anybody say amen, hallelujah. No, I said that, okay. And we grew up on that. I'm not going to be like that. I wind up being just like my dad. <laughs> I wind up being that, okay. But think about this. Even though as children we come out of our parents, we're not our parents. And so what God is trying to say to the Father, he said, look, I got one more thing to tell you. Because that's how my parents would deal with me. And another thing, I got one more thing to tell you. Because what I want you to understand something about the discipline of a father. That's the name of the message today. The discipline of a father. And, and if our country lacks anything, it lacks the discipline of dad. It lacks the model of dad. It, it lacks dad setting the pace. Not because he's any smarter. He's definitely not better looking. But it's because he's responsible. Period. God is using him. To be somebody that if something happens, he's coming right to that man first. Doesn't make a woman second-class citizen. Now, in the, in, the, in the first service, I talked a little bit about this thing called AAA. Uh, I really liked that because when I was growing up, that's what we would do. If we were going to take a trip, we would take everything that we were going to do, and we would send it out to AAA, this auto thing. And they would send us back information. And they would send us back information and say, okay, if you're going to go to Louisiana, 
or if you're going to go to Georgia, if you're going to go somewhere, here is the best route to take. Here are the stops you need to make. So if anything happens on that route, man, we'll be there to take care of you. Now, people don't use AAA like they used to. But why? Because all we got now is gpsmaps.com. And that map talks come tell us when to turn, where to turn, where to go, where to tell us all that. All we got to do is just look at that phone and it'll tell you what happened. Well, see, the beauty of that is about discipline. You, see, see, you want to take the most effective route that you can take to get to a destination. Watch this. God is saying, raising kids, I want that father to take the most effective route for that kid to become the best they can be in Christ. Did y'all hear that? That's the Father's job, is to make sure that happens. Now, that don't always happen the way we want it to happen, but what he's saying here when he says, Fathers, you've got to understand that as a father, as a model, as a man, you have a responsibility to do something. Now, let me tell you the beauty of a father's existence. Now, think about it. That kid is in the mom's womb incubating for nine solid months. Guess what? That kid, whether male or female, is accustomed to mom's voice, accustomed to mom's mannerisms, accustomed to everything because that's what they're connected to, okay? Now, when the father shows up, even by voice, you know what he does? If it's a girl, that father helps establishes her identity as a woman because she hears something different. And it helps her see that she is different than the other. That's what goes on. If it's a guy, it helps establish his identity because he sees something and hears something that is like him. And so what's happening is that father establishes a lot. The mom establishes a lot, a lot. No, no problem. But that other one shows that there is another one around. And so when Paul writes this sixth verse, I mean the fourth verse, fourth verse, and he says, fathers, I want you to understand, you're a model. I want you to understand that you set standards. I want you to understand that you have a responsibility. This is not a Father's Day message here. This is a message for anybody that has influence. This is a message for anybody that has leadership. But he's using the Father as the example here. Now, we're going to go through some set of scriptures here that's going to help you understand the importance of that and the potency of that. But just like that GPS, let me make this statement to you. Here's the statement that I want to make to you. And that statement is this. I want you to listen to it real carefully. A spirit-filled father, a man that is led by the spirit, a man that prays, a man that is in the word, a man that hears God's voice. He says a spirit-filled father will be sensitive. And that don't mean being weak. A spiritual-filled father will be sensitive to his seed, his children, that comes out of him. And that comes out of her. A spirit-filled father will be sensitive to his seed and guide them through, watch this, the steps of stability. Did you know that a child needs boundaries? You ever seen a child try to run a country? That was one who did. His name 
uh, I, I forget his name, God, eight years old, uh, Josiah, became king. Can you imagine an eight-year-old dude running this country? Man, we have Legos everywhere, you know, and, and, and you know, and, and donuts and all kinds of stuff. But, but, but what he's saying here is that it's important to understand what's happening in the child. So there's two things that I want to show you. I, I, I want to show you, first of all, that there needs to be a sensitivity because you're dealing with something so precious. You're dealing with something that is still developing. Father, you will have children someday. You're still dealing with something that's fragile. They still got water in the head, you know what I'm saying? I love y'all back there. <laughs> they still got things going on, man. They're still developing. There's a lot of stuff they don't understand. So what God is saying is you got to be sensitive, Father. But in that sensitivity, he's also saying something else. He's saying there's something about discipline. There's something about instructions that's got to happen. Because watch this. You're going to have to move them. Now, I'm just going to plant this now, and I'm going to give it to you later. you got to move it from the comfort zone. Watch this to the growth zone. Because the kid is comfortable in their own little Lego toys and, you know, all that stuff. Tonka toys and dolls and all that stuff. But then there comes a time where they have to deal with real trucks. I would not want an eight-year-old on the street, you know, and one of these big old trucks running down I-25, you know. So my point is, he's trying to say something through the father to the family. So I want to show you something in four different sets of scripture, and I want you to hang on to it. Why? Because you are a product of how you have been raised. Did you know that? And guess what? When you have those little munchkins, <laughs> you're going to try to raise it from your experiences too. But this is not what God is saying. He's saying, if you're going to raise a child up, you raise a child up in the way the word says raise them up. You raise a child up in the way that the Bible says to raise them up. Not your friend, not your culture. Because there's something in him of value. So think about this, ladies and gentlemen, leaders, anybody that own anything or got anybody influenced by them. The spirit-filled person, first of all, has to be sensitive. And in that sensitivity has to also guide people towards steps of stability. Steps of stability. And so, here we go. We're getting ready to jump in. Everybody alright? Everybody here? I just want to make sure now. We're getting ready to dive into it, baby. We're getting ready to dive into it. So here, here we go. Now, the first thing I want you to do is you, if, you, if you see the first half of this, this sentence right there, it says, Father, do not provoke your children anger. Now, we're going to take that part, and we're going to show you two scriptures that make that look even more better. So we're going to jump over to Matthew 18, 6. Now, in Matthew 18, you know, to understand what Jesus is doing. His dudes around him, 12 guys, are arguing who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom. And then he takes a little child and he brings him right next to him. He says, look, man, unless you become like one of these. He didn't say become childish. He said become childlike. He said you cannot enter into the kingdom. And he was trying to help them understand what greatness means. 
Greatness starts with being childlike. Greatness starts with humility. And then he makes a statement. Because I'm not only going to use you, these children, to say something to you, but I want you to be careful how you mess with them. Here's what he says. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble. Now why is that so important? But let me tell you something. Everybody in this country wants rights. But let me tell you something. There are no rights without responsibility. Did you hear me? There are no rights without responsibility. Kids want rights. Because our parents used to give us a little bit of rights, you know. But then as we got older, man, they began to make it wider and wider because we were mature enough to handle it. But Jesus is saying, you be careful with these little munskins, man. I want you to understand something. You hurt them, you got to deal with me. Because you can't, as an authority figure, go out there and just do whatever you want to do. You just can't. You have a responsibility to graze them upright. And so there has to be a sensitivity. And he says, this is so serious. I want you to find the biggest rock you can find, man. I want you to take a rope. I want you to take that rope. I want you to pile it around that rock. And I want you to take the other end, man. I want you to tie it around your neck. You know what I want you to do? I want you to pick it up, throw it in that water, and I want you to follow it. <laughs> That's how serious he is about how we deal with kids. You know why? Because they're vulnerable. They're still developing mentally. They're still developing spiritually. Do you know in the Jewish community, now some of you people in this room, you haven't even reached 30 years old yet. Do you know you weren't even considered a man or a woman until you were 30 years old? See, when I grew up, you couldn't even get a driver's license until you were in your early 20s. You couldn't even think about driving. You couldn't even drink or go into a store and get a bottle of wine or beer until you were in your 20s. What they did was they reduced it to 18, and now it's down to 16, and look at what is happening to our culture. Oh, do, do you hear me at all this morning? Because we got away from the word of God. We got away from boundaries and truth. And Jesus says, man, I'm serious. You mess with these, it's best that you commit suicide. Not in that sense that he's saying, but figuratively he's trying to say something. So what he's dealing with here is the sensitivity part. Now, there's another part that we're getting ready to add to this, and we're going to add another set of scriptures so you can understand what he says was, Fathers, do not be provocative. Don't be insensitive. Don't think because you're dad you can get away with anything. You just can't say that, said it, and that's, uh, that's all that's necessary. You've got to be able to point that kid somewhere and say, this is true because that's what God says. This is true because here is the instruction book for family. This is true because here's the instruction books for fathers and moms. So what we're going to do then is we're going to take you to another set of scripture. We're going to take you over to Proverbs 22, 15. Now, my parents love this scripture, okay? Because they would point me to it anytime I thought I knew what I was doing. And I, all, the only way I knew I was in trouble in my family is when they called me Johnny Otis. See, when they call you by your middle name, you're in trouble. Hey, boy, look. My mom would call me Sonny Boy. Hey, boy, stop it. But then when she said Johnny Otis, I know she was pulling out the belt. She's ready to do it. She's ready to get her brother some instructions, okay? Well, this scripture says something that 
is alongside of being sensitive and there's a prohibition of not provoking your children to anger. Now, I know we got kids in here. Uh, parents, I hope I don't have you and your kids fighting when you go home, okay? So here we go. It says, now, what's that saying something about kids, man? They, they, you know, they, they, they're foolish. Now, that word foolish in the Greek means lacking sense, spiritual sense. They need boundaries, okay? I just, I, you know, I used to, I used to just think my, my parents just hated us, man, because every time I look up, somebody was getting disciplined. Now think about it, man. It's ten kids in that household and two parents, two of them. And my parents used to say things we just laugh at it. But I just don't know how my mama could reach in the back of a car seat, going sixty miles an hour, and slapping us all upside the head. I, we used to just go, we we start laughing. We just didn't laugh. Hey, if y'all don't shut up, I'm gonna hit everything I could. And we're going, we like to see her do that. Then we go, <laughs> I mean, it, it, it would come. I don't know how she did that. But we were foolish enough to even challenge her in that, okay? And so what he's saying is this foolish thing is lacking spiritual sin, lacking boundaries, lacking direction. Because they're a tiny toss, man. They're growing up, they have this world that everything is boogity, 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 boogity. They get up every day, boogity, 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 boogity. Hey, sit down. Because see, my parents didn't even care what was going on. They just loved silence. Shut up. I'm sick of this. Foolishness. Wow, he touched me or he breathed on me. Stop it. Foolishness. I can tell you some of the foolish things we did, man. So, so, so God is saying there is foolishness bound up in a child. It is there. Watch this. You got to unwrap them. Foolishness bound up in a child in the heart. Not just in the head, but in the heart of a child. Now, my parents love this second part. They just loved it. And the rod. Yeah. See, y'all didn't grow up in high school like I did when a teacher had a board they used to wear that board on the side. Y'all didn't know that. Y'all didn't know that it was okay to spank kids in public school. You know where they got that from? The Bible. He said the rod of discipline. Now, the rod of discipline do not necessarily have to be a belt, but it needs to be a part of the disciplinary tree. My parents just went to the bottom of the tree. I said, hey, wait, hold on. Isn't that warning somewhere? You know what I'm saying? But, 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 but a rod of discipline was one of many disciplinary things you could do. You could send a kid to the room. Man, you could scold them. You could take things away. Now, after you did all that, they still didn't listen. Okay, here we go. I, 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 I've got to show them some consequences about life, okay? And my daddy really, really loved to have me feel the consequences of things. And that rod of discipline, watch this. It will remove it from them. Because sometimes, just talking to them, they don't get it. Sometimes, look at them in the eye, they don't get it. And you know who you are. You know how far you can take somebody when you're little. Okay? Now, we lack that discipline here in our country today. Because there are no boundaries today. It's whatever you feel. It's whatever you think. And we just have a problem today with discipline. Because discipline says that you are on a phone.
instead of saying this discipline is to help you step towards stability. You don't see it that way anymore. It's unfortunate because we have a society coming unglued because of it. Church, y'all hear me at all this morning? Am I talking to some people in here? So what he says is, not only should you be what? Sensitive. Don't provoke them, Father. Don't do that. But I also want you to understand that in that sensitivity, it doesn't mean that they get away with anything. It does not mean that this precious cargo who has just been born, and when you look at him or her, you all got this googie, pretty cute, cute. Hey, look here. Inside of that cuteness, inside of that beautiful face, is rebellion. The, the, the side inside of all of that is that I am a human being, I am birthed into this world, and I got to live, and I know just how much to cry to get mama's attention. I know just how much to do when I can go behind daddy's back. I know all of that deviousness is wrapped up. The rod of discipline must remove it. And so this is why he goes to Ephesians 6, 4 and says, hey, Man, please, be careful. That's fragile. Don't be provocative. But raise him up. Bring him. Now we're getting ready to hit the bring part. I just gave you the first half. So I want you to understand this. There is no rights without responsibility. Alex and Justine, my children, I have a right to them because I'm the dad. And Vicky, my wife, has a right to them because she's her mother. But it don't mean that I lack responsibility in taking care of my kids. I have that responsibility. That's just the first half of that statement. Here's the second half of the statement. We're going to go back to Ephesians 4. Watch the second half. Okay, I just want you, I want, I want you to stay with me this morning. Okay, because see, this is about you. Uh, how, how were you raised? Huh? How, how, how were you raised in your home? Well, well, what happened? Do you treat people the same way you've been raised or what? Because in my, in my day, you act up outside, man, you got, you got dealt with. And because if you got a spanking in, in, in school, you get a, you can expect another one at home. Because you were not going to embarrass me, son. I mean, I mean, they, they would deal with us on that one. And, and, and this rod of discipline, let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen, as I've told the first service. When I messed up in the grocery store, they didn't wait to get me home to deal with me. Boy, just wait till we get home. See, my dad didn't believe in that. Because I did something in the grocery store, man, and my dad just lit into me. And mom said, honey, why don't you wait to get home? He said, no, he messed up right here. <laughs> I'm going to get him right here. See, we don't do that anymore. See, we just don't. And, you know, my, my daddy wasn't the best dad in the world. He really wasn't. But I, I can never remember a day where I didn't have a roof over my head, food to eat, clothes on my back. I used to tell people I wish he was alive so I could really tell him how much I love him today. You know, because I grew up being angry at my dad until God disciplined me in that area. And so, watch the second part of this. He says, look, don't provoke them. Don't be provocative. Here we go. Now, watch the word. 
Breathe. Oh, bring them up. Carry them with you. Bring them up. Two words. Discipline and instructions of the Lord. Yeah. You know, I mean, my, my parents believed in that so much that when I was in college here at CSU, that we, we you know, you're out of the house, you're a college guy now, you know, you, whatever, you come home, and man, we go out and do some things, we go out and party, hang out. Everybody knew, I don't care if you were out Friday night or Saturday night till 4 o'clock in the morning, guess where you were going to be at on Sunday morning? You would be in that pew, man, I don't care. Sweating like a bullet, but you'd be there. Because that's what was expected. I had no idea, no idea. That mama and them putting me in that pew every Sunday, I wind up doing what I'm doing today for the last 34 years. But we went there because she knew I had to hear the word of God every week. Are y'all hearing me at all today? I just want to make sure you hear me, okay? And then it says bring them, but it also says discipline. See, this word discipline is something that we really have a problem with, even in the Christian church today. And even in the instructions of the Lord. So the first half was there are no rights without responsibility. Watch this. Here's the second part. Okay. Let me just read it so I can make sure I'm saying what I'm supposed to be saying here. The second part is that there is no relationship without respect. So if there's no rights without responsibility, then there's no relationship without respect. See, I didn't have to like what my parents did, but I definitely had to respect what they did. Watch this. Rules and regulations without relationships lead to rebellion. Rules and regulations without relationship lead to rebellion. Watch this. Bring kids up in the scripture and in the discipline of the Lord leads to relationship and respect. I mean, it does. And those are the two contrasts. There are no rights without responsibility. Okay? And there's no relationship without respect. God has set that up. I'm not sitting up here and asking you to start thinking about how your parents raised you. I'm not saying that. But I'm asking you to think about you and your leadership. Now, if you're not a parent, or if you're going to be one, you need to get this in your system. And then, if you start looking at your mom and dad, you need to weigh them through the grid of Scripture. And anything that they lack, you go to the scripture and you get it. See? Because there were seven boys and three girls in my household, including mom and dad. And I was youngest. You know what that meant? I had no authority. And the only people I could beat on was nieces and nephews, man. I was waiting for people to have babies so I didn't even run them. Because everybody else ran me. I had all the hand-me-downs and all that stuff. But I didn't understand until I grew up as a young man that I had responsibility. And all of a sudden, now I know why my dad said no. Now I understand why they said you need to be here at 10. 
because instead of staying out to midnight, because you know what, some of the guys that stayed out to midnight and some of the guys that didn't have parents, some of the guys whose parents didn't love them, they were either dead or in prison. Today. Today. And so this part right here, but bring them up in the discipline and the instruction. I am so glad I had parents that loved me enough to say no. And the worst problem I had is one of my parents, man, is my siblings. See, because my siblings had to raise me when my parents were gone. <laughs> and my older brother would say, look, boy, if you don't straighten up, I'm going to put you in the closet, I'm going to tie your feet, I'm going to hang you upside down. You know what? And they did. You know what happened? And if you tell mom and daddy when they come home, we're going to beat you up the next day. Now, that's the kind of discipline I had back then. You know? I loved it, man. I never did it to my kids. I thought about it. I never did it in that sense. Because they were trying their best to raise us while the parents were not around, okay? So watch this other half. We're going to do the other half. We're going to land the ship here in just a moment, okay? We're going to land the ship here in just a moment. So here we go, okay? Then he says, okay, he says, now bring them. Now the word bring means to convey, to lead, to carry, to cause, to come. Uh, along with uh, one towards a place from which the action is being regarded. So when I bring them, I'm bringing them up. I'm bringing them to a higher standard, not the standard of the world. Not only am I bringing them up to a higher standard, guess what? I am bringing them into a location of position within limits. And that word is called discipline. Now, we're going to show you something here in Hebrew. The 12th chapter, and I'm going to show you real quick the power of this 12th chapter from verse 4 to verse 13. Watch this. In verse 4, he says, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood, and you're striving against sin. Look here, what he's saying is, if you're not careful, man, sin will demand your blood from you. You ain't to the point where you're fighting against this world as a Christian that you shed any blood on it, because you know what? Saying, well, count you at the door, man, and it'll try to get you. That's the first thing he's saying. Then the second thing that he's saying here in uh, verse 5, he says, If you have forgotten the, the exhortation which was addressed to you as son, my son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord. Don't faint or nor faint when you are approved by him. Now, that is so important for you to understand because he's saying in verse 5, and he's also going to say something in verse 6. He's saying, look, man, sonship is important. Offspring is important. It's a part of an inheritance. You have been called a son. You have been called a daughter. You have a responsibility. That comes with something. That comes with respect. That comes with honor. You have a responsibility to do your part for, watch this, legacy and lineage. And then he looks at verse 6 and he says, Now, for those whom the Lord loves, he disciplines and he scourges every son whom he receives. He said, Look here, man, don't flinch and don't uh, faint and don't be scared of scourging. Don't be scared because you get spanked. Now, I will say this to you. The reason why the church in America today, and I love the church, man, I am a church planter. The reason why the church in America today, let's just use Fort Collins. 
lacks power is because the people in the church don't want any discipline. Period. I said this the first hour. I said this hour. Do y'all know that Fort Collins is the most church-hopping city in the state? That's sad. We have people in this city that go to so many different churches, they're not submitted to anything or anyone. And anytime you get disciplined in the church, people leave the church and go to another place and go hide. Now, I'm, I'm getting ready to close out here with something that I think you need to say. But what he is saying here is don't play in church because you're getting spanked. Don't faint because somebody's disciplining you. Man, we've got athletes in this place all over the place. An athlete knows that he cannot get on a team and be a part of a team unless he, subjects, or he or she subjects herself to the discipline of a coach. And yet the family is the first platoon that God put together for discipline to take place. And yet that platoon is the most strongest platoon on earth, the family. Matter of fact, the devil didn't even mess with Adam until Eve came. Because he knew how important it was for two people to agree. One instead of one. So I'm just trying to encourage you. Accept discipline. Don't faint. Don't run. Accept discipline and instruction. And then he moves on here in verse 7. Say, it's for discipline that you endure. God deals with you as with a son. For what son is there who the father does not discipline? I just thought my parents should just discipline me because they have nothing else to do. So come on, y'all. Y'all got y'all got us. Stop doing it. I used to just give them the belt, man, because I knew something was coming. And then he says, but, but, but if you're without discipline, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate. Children and not sons. You know, when I told the first service, that's where you get the word bastard from. Uh, a kid that a parent didn't want. And he said, you're illegitimate. My parents wanted me to know I was legitimate. You know, they did. Now, I, I, you know, I make it sound like I had bad parents. I didn't. I didn't. But all of us have a parent or two who may do things that you don't agree with. And what he's saying is they're doing what they're doing because they love you and they see you as legitimate. And then watch here in verse 9, okay? And verse 9, okay, says, Furthermore, he has earthly fathers to discipline us and we respect him. Should we not much rather than be subjects of the Father of spirits and live? In Malachi, you know, Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit gets on the priest because they start bringing diseased animals to the sacrifice. And he said, look here, man, you wouldn't even treat your earthly bosses like that. Why do you do me like that? So God is saying, hold on. Will you be rather than be subject to me? Because even if your earthly father disciplined you, how much more that I want to discipline you because I love you. Watch this. He moves on. For they discipline us for a short time, and it seems best to them. For he disciplines us for good, so that we may share his holiness. You see? It's not just about the kids obeying. It's about holiness. Remember the rod of discipline? It drives the crowd. 
I would have a problem if I was being led by somebody who didn't discipline me. I would not see that person as a leader. I would have a problem if I had a coach or, 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 a, or, or an employer who didn't set boundaries. But then I could do whatever I want to do. He's saying this now. He, he's not finished. He says all discipline for the moment seems to be joyful. I never understood that part. I mean, when they started putting that thing on my behind, I didn't get any joy out of that. And then, and then he said, but sorrowful, yet to those who have been, here we go, trained by it. Notice that. Afterwards, it yields a peaceful fruit of righteousness. Love it. Therefore, strengthen the hands that are weak and the knees that are feeble and make straight paths for your feet so that the limb, which is lame, may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. If you take, if you, if you take Hebrew, the 12th chapter, take 4th verse all the way down to 13, and you will appreciate discipline. You will. Because one of these days, you will have a son or a daughter. They do not come by the stalk flying in and dropping them off through the chimney, okay? A few things got to happen for that to take place, okay? Now, when they come, you're going to love them. And they will challenge you. They will challenge you. But you go to Proverbs 23 and Proverbs 22. And the Bible will tell us that if you train up a child the way they should go, they will not discipline. They will not leave over. They'll come back. Even if they stray, they'll come back. So I want to encourage you. Now, there's one more scripture we got to go through. But before I show you that scripture, I would like for you to imagine a graph. Because I would normally put it up on the screen. Okay? But this graph shows you something about four different zones that you go through in your life. Okay? The first one I want you to know is called the comfort zone. Okay? Now, in the comfort zone, you are safe. Everybody in this room is safe in their own comfort zone. That's why they call it a comfort zone. You're safe. Ain't much disturbing you because anybody that comes in that zone got to deal with you. And that comfort zone means this. You feel in control. Now, once discipline hits, it does something. Here's the second thing that happens. That discipline moves you from your comfort zone to your fear zone. See, when you get in your fear zone, you lack self-confidence. Because somebody has done something to you that causes you to be uncomfortable, causes you to flinch, causes you to fear. See? And you move from that comfort zone into that fear zone. And that fear zone has elements of what you would call you start finding excuses. You are affected by what everybody else says or somebody else's opinion because somebody just slapped you upside the head. You're not in your comfort zone anymore. So my parents had no problem shaking me and picking me up off the ground and said another thing. 
They got me out of that comfort zone quick. My parents did not let me embarrass them in, in, in public. They did, I could not be a little kid running in the room saying, ah, nah, I'm not going to do it. No, no, no. What? And my daddy would give me one look, and I knew he was going to encourage me when I got home. And there are times where he would encourage me right there. But what happened was I got out of my comfort zone because I felt like I could stretch him a little bit. I felt like I could come up against him a little bit. And so I tested him, and all of a sudden, they tested me back. Now I'm scared because something is getting ready to happen. That happens to people in life. They have their comfort zone. Man, somebody preaches something. The Holy Spirit hits them. They get convicted, and they get into this fear zone, and they are uncomfortable. Let me tell you something. Don't run when that happens. And don't run as a little kid when mom and dad are trying to tell you if you go out in the street, you'll get hit. Don't put your hand on that burner because it will burn you. Don't drink that because it's poison. You will die. It's important that these boundaries still be set. And so you move from your comfort zone to your fear zone. And then once you get out of your fear zone because you did not run, you get into what is called the learning zone. Now I'm learning something because I am outside of my comfort zone. I'm learning something for the first time. And as I begin to learn, as I push through that fear, I begin what to do what? I begin to deal with the challenges. I begin to deal with my problem. I don't run anymore because the only reason why I was confronted is because I had a problem to deal with. That was the only reason why I was challenged. And then it says this, I begin to acquire new skills. When I'm learning, I begin also to do what? Watch this. I begin to extend my comfort zone. Now I got a brand new comfort zone because I came out of a comfort zone into a fear zone and now I'm into a learning zone. Now watch this. Here's the last one. The last one here is called the growth zone. Now I begin to grow. See, because that butt whooping was to get me out of my comfort zone. And it made me fear because I had done something wrong. But as I began to experience that bubble, and I began to learn something. And you know what? There's a boundary, Johnny. And you're not only just affecting you, but you're affecting this whole family. Look here, ladies and gentlemen. The worst butt whoop I ever got in my life was there was a bunch of kids down the street calling a lady some names. I just happened to be in the group. And I just wanted to be just like them. And look here. I called her a name because everybody else was doing it. These were just me and the homies, man. We just having fun. Man, my daddy heard about that. Because all I had to do was hear mom say, man, wait till your dad get home. Because see, mom would whoop us and we would like give crocodile tills. <laughs> and she stopped because it hurt her too much. See, that didn't bother dad. He went right past that stuff. <laughs> you know. And he's sitting out on the front porch, I can remember today. He says, man, I spent all of my life trying to make sure we had a good name and you messed it up. Never forgot that whooping. I can still feel it right now. But I learned something. You know what I learned? It wasn't about Johnny. When I left that house, I represented dad, I represented mom, and I represented nine other brothers and sisters. See? God disciplines you because you represent his kingdom. Are y'all following me this morning? Because you represent other Christians all around the world. 
And you start learning something. Wow, oh, okay, and now I understand. But here's the beauty when you get past the learn zone. You get into what is called the growth zone. Now you start growing. Look what the growth zone do before I bring you this last scripture and then we're going to close it out. Here's what it says. When a person is in the growth zone, they rediscover their purpose. They begin to live out their dreams. They even begin to set new goals. And they conquer all of their objectives. Now here's this last verse. Now go back to Ephesians 4, 6, 4 as we get ready to close. I've got to bring this last point home. And I'm going to let you get out of here. Go back to Ephesians 6. Watch this. And the discipline and instructions. See, the parent's job is to bring you, dad, from comfort zone to fear zone to learning zone to growth zone. But he has to do it not because of his experience. I don't want to raise my children because of the way my parents raised me. I want to raise my children according to the word of God. Are you feeling me at all on this? Watch this. Now we're going to go to our last verse. And that's 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. Now watch it. Anytime there's discipline, it's going to have four parts to that discipline as far as what is given. It says, all scripture is inspired by God, and it is profitable. Now, notice the word profit. That means you're going to profit for. But here are four things you need to learn about the profit. But here you go. First thing, it's profitable for teaching. That's positive. That's positive. Here's the other three. Reproof. That's negative reinforcements. Here's the third thing. Correction. Negative reinforcements. And here's the last thing for training, positive reinforcement. You have a positive, negative, negative, positive. All discipline is not all positive sometimes. It has to be negative in order to get a result. Now watch this. Here's verse 17. So that the man of God, notice it says the man of God means the man who belongs to God. Second thing, maybe adequate means that you're going to lack nothing. You're going to lack nothing. Third thing, you're going to be equipped. You know what the word equipped means? It means to have both offensive and defense of weapons. See, because my parents had to teach me how to deal with the world. Had to teach me how to fight my own battles. Had to teach me how to be a team with other people. And one of the things I'm teaching the CSU basketball team is just because you're a team don't mean you're together. Just because you're together don't mean you're a team. There's some things that have to happen for that to make. And then the last thing, for every good work. For every good work. So how do we, how do we, how do we close this? How do we close this? Let's go back to Ephesians 4. Ephesians 6.4. 
he says something to children. And he says, if you're a child, he says, I want you to obey your parents. He's not telling you to obey everything your parents say. What he's saying is, he's asking you to obey the word that comes through your parents. Right? And he says there's a promise that comes with it. It's long life. Now, if you would look at the parts of Timothy, and you will see that some of the 12 things that are happening in our society today, you know one of them? That's a mark of our society. It's being disobedient to parents. That's one of them. And the problem that we have today is that we all want to rebel against authority. And to rebel against authority is like having a red badge of courage, man. And let me say this to you. You've heard me preach it before. There is no freedom without authority. And the whole purpose of authority is to bring freedom to people. And so when he says it will be right with you and you will live long because it's a promise. And then he goes back to the dad and he says, dad, Johnny, man, be careful. Be careful, Johnny, that you're not using your authority to provoke Alex and Justin. Be careful you're not doing that in such a way where it caused them to get so upset and so mad at you, they become vengeful. I'll be honest with you, man. I grew up in college hating my dad. I did. And I remember one night when I was praying through the Ten Commandments. Some of you have heard the story before. And it says, man, you know, love God, no idols. You know, don't be serving anything. You know, keep the Sabbath. And then the first thing he says, love your mom and dad. Well, I could do that with mom, but I had a problem with dad. I had to get out on my knees. And God said, what's the problem? He said, the problem ain't your dad, it's you. And that's when God began to tell me all the things that my father did for me changed my life. At that point in time, my dad's dead and gone. And so when he says, fathers, hey man, don't do that to your boy. He comes out of you, but he's not you. Don't do that to your daughter. She comes out of you, but not you. Don't be say something about how somebody else raised their kids until you get your own. He said, but look, I got, I, got, I got good news for you. Don't provoke them, but bring them. Take them by the hand and give them discipline. Be sensitive, but confront the foolishness. Be sensitive and train them. Set sensitive and give them instructions. Call them upright. And guess what? They will not prevail against you. So, last point. It's something
somebody following you in life? Are you following somebody else in life right now? Are you being influenced by an older person or an employer or an employee or a coach or what? How are they disciplining you? And how are you disciplining the ones that are younger than you? God says, come to me. I'll show you. I'll show you how to train people. I'll show you how to raise them up. So I hope that this message today has been encouraging to you. It's not a beating up of men or beating dads down. That's not the message. That's not the message. I didn't have a lot of hey mans this morning, but I had a lot of head shaking. That's good. I love it. I hope you walk out of here realizing, wow, somebody brought something to me, and it's time for me to bring something to somebody else, whatever I can learn in that. We're getting ready to close and uh, take up our offering here. If you have been stirred by the message, you can get that off a podcast later on, pass it on to your friends. If you have a word that was stirred up in you while we were talking, we have people come up and share a little bit about what God did with them. So let's pray as we get ready to take up our offering. Father, I want to thank you so much for your Holy Spirit just being in this room today. And then, Father, we have a chance to dig in your word, have a chance to learn a little bit about it, something that we can add to. We love you. And Father, as we give today, we, you know, we're in the middle of a starting our campaign to, to buy ourselves a, a facility. And Father, we know you want us to start with tithe and offerings and alms and show us how to do all of that because you said you're Jehovah Jireh, you're our provider, and you'll take care of us. You get us out of debt, you do all that stuff. All we gotta do is come to you. So bless us all.